You're listening to Fashion Africana Podcast, and today I'm speaking to Audrey and Cecile. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Could you briefly introduce yourself to us? Okay, all right. So I'm Audrey. Uh, we are two sisters. I'm the older one. Nobody knows, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. And I'm living in Germany since good 10 years now, and it's now time to to be my own boss and open my business. And Ooh. I introduce you to my business partner and my baby. <laughs> so my name is Cecile. I'm living here in Germany since maybe two years. And no, we're not twin sisters. <laughs> sometimes people think well, we're just one and only person. We're not, <laughs> we're two people. <laughs> and uh, so I came here to live with my sisters because I was living in France before and now we are living happy together. Yay. And we are going to start our own business. Wow, incredible. Too bad you're not seeing what I'm seeing. I'm seeing <laughs> two young, beautiful sisters with great hairstyles, <laughs> absolutely set up. So please, I mean, um, since you have been uh, here, Audrey, for 10 yeah. years and Cecile for two years, so please now tell us, how did you get into the industry? I mean, you are about to open a fashion mm -hmm. concept store in Berlin mm -hmm. and I was like why are you opening it in Berlin and not in Paris okay so it's a very pragmatic reason I have to say in Paris everything is more expensive and the first reason first is that it was easier for us to get um, a business location business premises are maybe 40%, 50% less than in Paris, and everybody's starting with a rent that is five or six thousand euros. We have no savings of no parents to help us, so we have to start with what we earned during our career before, and that was possible in Berlin. And also, something that I have to point on is that here in Germany, you can say anything about the German bureaucracy, but everything that was made really easy for us to start. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're saying everything for you was easy to make. I yeah. mean, the access to apply, to mm -hmm. get into the whole structure of setting up a fashion business. So you were talking to whom? Um, we, at the beginning, we wanted to pay coaches. I will not recommend it at the very beginning. I'm sorry for you coach people, but we started to talk with people from different industry, like people owning restaurants or whatever, and they pointed us to a structure called ZGS. And it's uh, also some kind of coaching agency. And you have to do an assessment of five days. You have to do well during this assessment. It's like how to set a business uh, model. What is a business model? And you have five days. You're working with a group of 12 people and you're presenting your business. And in the end, they tell you like, okay, you're doing so well that I will allow you and pay you up to 30 hours of coaching and you pay nothing. And we've been set up with a 
perfect, perfect business coach. She has a good knowledge of the industry and she did that all her life. And in the end, this woman will help us to go to contract alone because we have the energy, we have the ideas, we have everything. But what is missing? Money! <laughs> Money! Money. <laughs> so, so that was made really easy. Like I was expecting that I have to go chase the first funding because you need that to start the business and not for free. You have to find the location, everything. And here it was very easy. But the, on the opposite for Cecile, you will tell about you now. She's got a, she took part of a program which is like some kind of a mentoring program. Mm -hmm. But it, that was French, but it takes part in whole Europe. And mm. she was having a coach. She worked in a shop for, I don't know, six, six months. months. Yeah. So she got the knowledge because we have the idea. We, we worked also during our studies. Yeah. But work in a shop is not having a shop. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what is your background? Okay, so I begin. So um, we both studied the same. Um, we begin with uh, languages. So uh, I studied um, Spanish and English. Very and pragmatic <laughs> for Germany. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then because I didn't want to be a teacher, um, I tried during one year, but... Um, with kids and not having enough patience. Sorry, kids. And um, I, we both did a business school. And so I studied marketing, so strategic marketing during two years. And I graduated. And Audrey also do, did the same. But mm -hmm. uh, it was like international business, like, I guess. International management. Yeah. And when you have a diploma of international management, you cannot arrive in a company and be like, I'm an international manager. <laughs> <laughs> give me the position. I manage things. Yeah. <laughs> I have a diploma. Please give me your work. So my experience was I did a lot of um, internship in marketing in the biggest uh, brands. I started in Givenchy in Paris. Um, I would say it was nice. It was good education to know what you want but also what you do not want oh right and what i didn't want is like being this slightly older because i took my time i tried every study possible <laughs> being slightly older having your boss that is five or six years younger than you is here as a manager because daddy got the job for her and is talking to you like mm, because she's never seen someone a bit different from her and that cannot afford during private sales to buy 5,000 euro of bags because private sales is not expensive. No, no, I was paying my own study. I was paying my flat in Paris and I did that. But before I worked also a bit in Berlin and Berlin was the dream because you can be no one, like you can shine, but also like when shining, nobody pays attention if you're different or not. That's my experience. But Berlin for me was like a dream interesting that you're saying that so that means um your time during your internships in paris it's more like the surrounding you were into um it was more of a white space do i understand it right? yeah yes. no we yes for sure yeah yeah we yes. will say that like in Paris, it's quite different because uh, we were both doing our studies in Bordeaux, which is... Um, uh, really little Paris. Yeah, it's Little Paris. And um, um, I mean, maybe the first time I experienced racism, in it was when I moved to the capital, like moving to Paris, uh, finding a flat. Like, 
I maybe all my white friends find a flat in two or three months and I took maybe six months to one year to find one because um, I was not a whitey because my parents live in a little French island 10,000 kilometers away and I say yeah but you know this is still France mm, no we don't care and um, and then I was a bit pissed to experience that because I our parents are having a nice job we are yeah. really well paid and when I show like my fire and say okay see how much my parents are are earning and say mm, no I think it's not going to work and I was okay so this is real I'm now experiencing all the things that I'm seeing on tv it's not like uh, and then when I try to explain that to my to my friends you know come on I think maybe you don't have a good file enough and I say no but I'm sorry I, I see your parents what they are earning I see my parents not saying that your parents are earning less or not but it was a f really first time yeah. when you experience that so uh, it was basically you as a black woman as suddenly a, yeah. yeah as a black woman living in the capital looking for a flat it was something i never think i would experience in my life because i was living in bordeaux and everything was cool and no racism at all we find a flat like that it was cool and then going to the capital I was, oh whoa, 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 this is another world paris is another world and when we're working in both this like a business thing like I was working in an advertising agency and pff, advertising fashion it's all about sharks it's like uh, you have to survive you have to be strong enough to survive and seeing like people's not going to be nice because everyone wants to work in fashion Paris yes. is about fashion Givenchy it's like a luxury everyone wants to be there advertising also and if you are if you don't want like to be yelled or people treating you like nothing they don't care if it if you don't want to be treated like nothing they will find someone else yeah so you're just a number best yeah game. this is what i heard so often in yes. the fashion field yeah especially coming out of uh -huh. paris you're just a number of course yeah. you are it's like you know the devil wear prada is like not a movie is paris fashion industry and the thing is, Givenchy was really inclusive back in the days. It was like this time of Kanye West wearing the skirt and everything. Love it. But in the end, everything was so diverse. We had like people of color, gay people, everything you name. In the end, you think like, it's going to be okay. Because I'm not like just this little black sheep among the white people. We're all going to be friends. But it was like a competition of who as a minority is going to shine and dog eat dog and I, I won't hesitate to do something really bad and, and mm -hmm. treat you like yeah don't let this one girl alone in the office she will still stuff is are it? We, are we, we like no no so it, it's complicated I can imagine mm -hmm. so with all this experience living in Paris mm -hmm. working in Paris you decided then at one point to yeah. Move on and to mm -hmm. change your environment. And exactly. there you are, right here in Berlin. Yeah. 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 33 years yeah. old. 29, almost 29. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you just said, hey, I think it's time to run my own business. Yes. Yeah. 
maybe for us just to understand yeah. the background. So at Givenchy, you were working as a I was working as um, yeah, social media marketing when social media was starting. So we were all young, all learning at the moment. Everything was alright, but still a bit of microaggressions and you know you take it okay but in the end it's, it's tiring because you have to fight for your job everyone is fighting i'm not gonna say it's it's i will not play the race card here everyone is fighting it's not about race not about anything but then on top of that you have all these tiny like oh you're coming from an island you you, you know nothing there is no fashion week in your island there is okay no, no nothing so you and were looked were, up from yeah, you know where like, are you coming from you yeah, can't have the there background is, yeah mm. i won't say racism but i was like not for like for tiny you were not taken serious no no like the little valley girl like the one that is living in the campaign never seen the capital and is trying to live her dream but i mean i wasn't I wasn't there to outshine or whatever. I was dreaming to be close to who I admire. To be part. You yeah, wanted to be, to be part. part. Mm. And to change everything. And it yeah. was good because back in the day, they were doing a lot and they are still doing a lot. And I love it. But in the end, it was like, yeah, I think I, I need to step down because I love it. I want to work for fashion, but also want to feel fulfilled in the end. I want to feel good. I want to wake up and be happy. Then I work in several startups here in Berlin, also the same thing, less aggressive, but you're just part of a, you're a number, they hire and fire every two minutes. So I work for every type of company. Then in Vienna, I was like, yeah, okay, I know that I'm good in my job. Why don't I do it for myself? And Great. it's time. It was time. Tell us about it. Mm. So you are about to open a store called... Mm -hmm. It's called Dacas Follette and Follette is our grandmother and it's important that we say that our grandmother was an entrepreneur back in the 70s hmm. and she was doing electricity, she wasn't doing fashion, she yeah. wasn't doing anything, she wasn't the only woman going to the construction site having a team of 40 dudes. She was yelling and running and she was impressive. She was a boss wow. lady. Yeah. She was a real boss lady. Yeah. And uh. the thing is like in this family, the boss lady is having four sons. But she's a matriarch. Like yeah. they do nothing without asking for, of course. for her opinion. And it was really sweet because when I told my mom like, yeah, the shop is going to be called La Casse Poulette. And she was like, but... What about like a Charlotte? Because it's our name. And I was like, yeah, you're super sweet. But I mean, I understand. And but like Paulette, she received also a lot of entrepreneur prize um, saying like she's the first artisan of France doing electricity and everything. This is really beautiful. We're not talking like 2020. She received a prize back in the 90s, like the one we have in the shop. Wow. It's a lot of monks. I was just about to say yeah. because yeah. in the 90s, you know, wow, this was a different decade. Yes. Yeah. And and she had this company yeah. Yeah. as a black woman. Yeah. As a black woman in in La France. in France surrounding by males and my men's and and they were not questioning anything about her knowledge because she was knowing everything about electricity and everyone respected her and still everyone 
knows about her, know about her knowledge about electricity. And sometimes when we have problem with electricity, we talk to her and say, oh my God, I failed you. You understand <laughs> <laughs> about electricity. You barely know to change the light bulb. <laughs> oh my God, sorry. <laughs> so... Yes, it's really a role model. Like to see, she's like pff, now she's 80s, still, still alive, still alive, still, wow. still here, and and it's really like a role model to see that she succeeded in a time that feminist was not even a thing. So it's a really powerful, yeah, yeah. really mindset. Totally. Yeah. So yes. So about Paulette and. So that's the name, Lacaze. And for Lacaze, it's the, it's the Creole for Maison. Because we are not pretentious enough to call us Maison. And also we have to keep an idea of, okay, we're French, but we're also from La Réunion. And people that are seeing French, they're seeing that little girl in Paris with a French beret and a baguette. And, and no. pretty whitey. And, mm. and when we arrived and we're here with two black sisters and... We are all around this culture about our islands and it's all about music, uh, surf and uh, food and like, um, we, it's okay, it's an island, it's, the culture is quite similar to the Caribbean culture yeah, and, totally. uh, and people have this pretty romantic image of France and France is not, it's just not that. We are here, we are yeah. representing something, we're representing like... We have like this slave uh, yeah. past and people sometimes forget too much about it. Like okay. yeah. French colonies, we yeah. are it. Yeah, we are, we are, yeah, we yeah. are representing yeah. French colony. And Absolutely. saying that, yeah, okay, like you've seen Paris. Paris is more, like France is more than Paris, okay? Mm. Yeah. We have all the Caribbean. We have us in our tiny South Hemisphere next really next to Africa and everything mm. but also there is all this immigration in France and people they keep forgetting that okay like since generation and generation those people they arrive and they put them at the suburbs all together and they forget about it no those like everyone is so like they are bringing so much change in the culture yeah like the music yeah the food yeah everything and we want to stop like okay we do croissant but you can also eat uh bonbon piment that's a creole delicacy <laughs> <laughs> so what is it tell us how does it look how does it taste mm. so it's basically a falafel but with chili in it <laughs> yeah mm. it's really delicious and yeah. we're doing samosa because the thing is also with our island The island was empty at the beginning, and it's a mix of people from... Which uh, island? What uh, is it? La it's Réunion. called La Réunion. La Réunion, yeah. And La really Réunion. near to South Africa and to Madagascar and to Mauritius. People yeah. uh, have in mind Mauritius, so yes, it's 20 minutes by flight from mm -hmm. Mauritius. Yeah. yeah, and so it's a culture, a mix with Africa, Madagascar, India, Chinese... Chinese. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we everything is mixed together. We celebrate every yes. party. We do Chinese New Year. We do uh, Hindu New Year. We do we celebrate Aid. Yeah. But all together. And when we arrived in France, it was super weird for us when people they finish Ramadan and stuff. We're like, okay, so where is the Aid party? Let's go together and everything. Because we arrive in France and they say like, you know, um, you have to. Pay, pay attention, attention to some kind of people in France, black people and Muslim people. I was like, wow, wow. 
Wait, what? And for us, no, we all live together in yeah. this island. There is no difference. You can go to your neighbor, you can sit, and yeah. we want to break that in Berlin. Mm. We want people to come to the shop. Okay, we have clothes for sure. Mm -hmm. We're doing fashion, yes. We can also sit, take a coffee, coffee from La Réunion, please. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's rare enough to point it out. Mm. So you can sit and take your coffee. Just sit, take a break, just be together. Yeah. yeah, and this is an important part because like La Réunion is this big melting pot and like Réunion uh, basically significates um, gathering all together. So we want like to have this feeling in our shop that we want to bring everyone together, like to feel like home and it's all about respect, sharing and we want that and we are missing this kind of feeling we were having in our hometown and we want to bring this back in like as put it in our yeah. shop okay so this is then about homecoming yes mm -hmm. of course exactly mm -hmm. it's all about homecoming yeah. and also we're also marketing girl we know that people in berlin they're gonna queue for everything that they've never seen in their life so of course we're gonna have like creole nights with music and everything and we know that they never eat something from la reunion maybe i know they will queue and people are craving like fresh the thing that we've seen on facebook for example french people are like okay i miss that brand i miss this and i miss that and we're gonna have this brand But also we're going to bring new brands because here in Berlin, this all black fashion, all black everyone, all the techno, all the clubbing style. I love it. I came here for that, actually. I love it. But I also want to see people wearing wax fabric and something a bit outstanding sometime. And this is what we're offering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I hear you. That's great. But also in the sense of, I mean, you want to push forward the culture. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, Africanism, mm -hmm. African pride, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. talking about the culture, mm -hmm. expressing it, showing clothes, selling clothes. But in the sense of knowing that wax prints it's actually a dutch yeah yeah we know it's kind of touchy, yeah. so what are you going to do about that the thing is we are still educating ourselves with this topic we are reading a lot and what we do is that okay they have this we have this brand that is doing wax and It's all right. It was touchy for us because everyone were coming to the shop, like French people, but also our community, our African diaspora. And they're like, are you still okay with selling this product of colonization? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, all right. This is very touchy, but don't you get a bit of this home feeling? Like you can see your auntie sitting with this beautiful color clothes. I know that is very touchy and difficult. I want to do something more. I want to develop other things because we don't limit ourselves to wax. Like we have those crazy, crazy designers from La Réunion, for example, and we will dig out. That is not focusing only on wax or focusing only on the ethnic vision of fashion because we don't want to limit ourselves to that. But we also want to have this touch of nostalgia Like you come and you see this bit of color and it's just like sitting at your auntie and everyone cooking together and everyone like getting ready to go to church. And yeah, we had to think a lot about it and we will educate ourselves along the way. And if people, they don't want to see it anymore, 
we just change, we just open our eyes and we're really open to get new designers. The thing is like the pitch of the shop is like you have to be somehow related to friends. But for us, it's just a matter of education. Like we try to read and learn and we hear that. And if it doesn't work anymore, then we try to see something else. <laughs> mm. So where do you source then your designers? Because, mm. I mean, it's good that you mentioned mm -hmm. that you, you, you will educate yourselves. Mm. And um, because uh, the point is, this is about an identity and mm -hmm. this is about a movement. And I think it's absolutely important to be aware of what we are translating, what yeah. we are really um, showing out there. And um, since there are so many designers who are now into the African textiles, mm -hmm. who want to really push for the African textiles, and I think um, it needs maybe an access for you to know, okay, yeah. how can we also get in touch with this um, brands? That's yes. why it's good we're talking yes. at Fashion Africa yeah. Now podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and for now, where are you sourcing your designers from? Okay, so mostly because she lived and we lived in Paris. Um, we are trying to, actually it's like brands, we've seen and we love but we have to be sure because yeah. like we have all this color like we have all this idea of we want to show our culture yeah but also at not at any cost we yeah. are trying to make sure that everyone is pay really fair yeah that it's not like a i don't know like wax uh, african fabric and stuff yeah that um it's For example, white own. This is weird. Yeah, know? this is mm -hmm. exactly the yeah. thing. What yeah. are you transporting? Yeah. You know. So we are trying, like, we're making really sure. So we stay on online with our brand that okay connects it to friends. We stay on our line to say we're pushing a lot of female designer also, and we're trying to push like all the designers coming from France but not from Paris directly. And we're just looking on the internet. And we put our, like, we're on the social networks and people are contacting us. Yes. It's, it's a bit really of a well, discussion. Yeah. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. It's yeah, always yeah. a discussion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's important for us to get to know. We don't, we don't like, okay, the brand is coming and it's like, okay, I'm doing this and that. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to be, you have to be sustainable. You have to pay everyone fair. Yeah. You have to have a history also. Because yes. if it's something like you're doing a black leather belt, And that's it. And it doesn't, nobody, like, it, it's a very basic item. Mm -hmm. But I want behind basic to have something that is bigger than that. Mm -hmm. that. That there is an history and people, they will have a connection with the item that they bought. Yeah. Whether it's um, earrings yeah. or even, yes. I don't know, something tiny. Yes, we, yes, we're telling an history. Like, for us, like, all our designer, and it's all about female designer, and we're really proud about it. It's like female empowerment. And every everyone has his history about it. And we maybe, like, during our pop-up store, we have 12 designers, and we're, okay, so this girl, she learned how to do the leather bags on YouTube before she was an engineer. How cool is that? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Like, all yeah. it's all about yeah. that. Yeah, it's and... Like, we want to give the platform to people that cannot access big, 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 like, I don't know, Galerie Lafayette or KDV, they can't yet. 
we want to give this platform to people that they are really shy to start and we're really curious about everything. Yes. And I think we got an eye. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. think we did. Yeah. I, I mean, think. from what I see, yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will have a look. I haven't yeah. seen yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we have an eye yes. and also we have very sensitive to push the people with the right value. Yes. You cannot come to, to La Casbolette and be like, yeah, okay, um, I'm a male designer and my fashion partner here is not paid as much. No, we will see that straight away. Yes. We have also the nose to, to see people trying to bullshit us and stuff. Mm. This, is, right. this doesn't yeah. work. And this is the thing that is also difficult with a business because being too young, and it's not about black, or, it's just being too young female An entrepreneur, yeah. they all think that Oh, this girl's that nice. We're going to two little girls, okay. And now here we are, like two years later, we are choosing our designers, opening something new. And so, yeah, my maybe my advice is when you're starting a business is don't let people think for you because everyone, when you're starting a business, going to tell you, okay, you have to do this way, this way. And everyone wants to put things in your head. And I mean, no, this is my business. This is my idea. I, I don't want your input in that. Yeah. And it's crazy how people want to manipulate you, even when it's friends. And you have to be really careful. We're doing that with your family. So when we fight, yeah. we fight. Yeah. We fight for real. Yeah. We fight. <laughs> <laughs> and, but at least it's about honesty and it's about communication. And yes, the thing I was so afraid when I started in this people were always saying, no, you're not good enough and putting some input in your head. And yeah, that's also my advice. Okay, like don't let people put something in your head, but also don't be afraid. We're not in a comfy position here. Yeah. It's not like daddy's money. It's not like whoever money. Like yeah. it's, it's, we, we worked for really long mm. and we stopped working for two years to mature the project. Mm. But we are eating pasta right now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> pasta and butter. I want rice again. Mama, send me rice. This is so great, you know, yeah. that you're saying it because since you're young, you know, and I think we need to empower each mm -hmm. other. Yeah. And this is exactly, I think, sometimes what is also missing here in yeah. the German society. Yeah. I mean, you can, I guess, see the difference how blacks are socialized here yeah. in Germany compared oh God, yeah. to France. Oh, yeah. Can you give me your insights? Oh. The insight is like, I think it's, it's cute, but I'm really happy when I see our brother and sister in the street. We always smile to each other. Yes. But sometimes it's a, bit, it's a bit touchy because you want to belong to the system and you don't want to be like, oh my God, the sister really hates. So you don't know <laughs> if, you, if you can do the nod. I think we're a bit hidden. And this is, this is what is missing. Because I've seen my, my, I have a lot of Afro-German friends and I'm tired. Like we'll go out together and they're like, where do you come from? No, re where do you really come from? Yeah. That's For, the question yes. right now, yeah. isn't I it? I can't take it anymore. Mm. Right now, and it has been over there. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can say that I arrived in Berlin, like, yeah, as I said, like 10 years ago almost. And there weren't so many black people in the street. I had to look it up. And the first thing first that I, I've been told is like, if you want to find some 
some brothers just go to the park, you will see them, see what they're doing. And I was like, what? So you want me to meet people okay? And it's not about the problem of those dudes being in the park or whatever. No, no, no. But this is your image of black people. They're just in the park selling drugs. No, I'm sorry, but there is better than this. Like we have all these restaurants, we have all these black people in tech right now. Mm -hmm. They are not shy enough. They are finally showing their face in Berlin. And this is so important. So kudos to you guys. Thank you for showing your face because we won't sit behind a desk and say yes, 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 no. Open the way. Take your chance. Go for it, please. Wow, this is powerful. Yeah, yeah it's good that you um, experience this and that you have a view on it because I think once um, Afro-Germans, um, some may even not be aware of how we have been socialized here, yeah. you know? Because for me, I work internationally, so I work with um, colleagues from Amsterdam, mm -hmm. London, Paris. And when I also started with this journey, with this whole African fashion journey nearly 10 years ago, mm -hmm. I was out of a need. I just felt that we are misrepresented, mm -hmm. me as a black woman. Mm -hmm. yes. I'm not seeing myself in the media. I don't have the feeling we have a voice out mm. there that is speaking from an African perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So out of that, I said, wow, I think uh, if we do not create it, if we mm. do not start to create our own spaces, yeah. and if we do not find our own language, our own voices, how we want it to be addressed, it will just not lead us anywhere. Yeah. So it's so great what you're doing, that you just followed your vision and you just mm -hmm. really understood your surrounding and your environment, what is actually missing, what is lacking. Yeah, and, totally. And, you know, you just went for it. Yeah. But also following your passion, mm. living fashion. I mean, out of fashion, how do you also maintain your your lifestyle? Is it... Yeah. There or? <laughs> um, now the lifestyle is lacking because uh, the shop is opening and yeah, we're a bit tight. No, the thing is, um, here in, I wouldn't say Germany, I think here in Berlin, the life is cool enough, but it's still the place where everything is affordable. Affordable. I won't say cheap. It's not yeah, cheap anymore. No, no, it's it's affordable. affordable. Yeah. And slowly, little by little, because we're missing, we're missing home, we started to see this community, um, the Soul Sister, this amazing, Facebook amazing group. Facebook group. Yeah. And without them, I think I would just have stayed with my uh, really tiny French circle, without people from my island, without seeing some brother and sisters, and... This I didn't have the opportunity to have when I arrived. And I was really alone and had to get to... The thing is, like in La Réunion, you go for, to your neighbor. If you're missing some sugar, you, you are walking in the neighborhood to your friends. You just ring and you go up for a coffee. Wow. So it's open. It's yeah. really yeah, the open. communication. You yes. can connect yeah. easy. Yeah. The yeah. access is there. You yeah. feel, exactly. of course, yes. safe. But, and yeah. Yeah. but here in well, Germany, you arrive and... To get into the inner circle is like so complicated. You have so many codes. Yes. So many codes. Like, okay, like I can you can come to my place, but let's say in two weeks because now it's not tidy enough. And they're really cold. And I don't know, it's like 
you can be friends but never like close really friends close yeah. friends yes. okay and i think this this is a powerful thing because i'm really new in berlin it has been two years now and like having like this facebook group of soul sisters and even like the black community like it was i was never thinking that okay i belong and when i was arriving to berlin I said i belong to these people and this yeah. is a community i feel good around and it's not like about being um It's it's cool to belong to somewhere to to a group. Finally, and this finally. happened for us in Germany, not yes, in Paris, not in not Paris. In this is crazy. I wow. belong here, and it's like wow, this is powerful, and this is something I would even think about it in France. Like okay, there is this uh, black dinner. I'm gonna go there, and this will never. So it's starting slowly. Don't blame friends for it. It's starting slowly yes. there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And here, I don't know. I think the fact that we are really, I would say, invisible. Mm. When we gather, we're way too happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> together. Yes, yes. And, and it's, it's too good. And yeah, sometimes there are some yelling. Sometimes there is some jealousy. What I can see compared like even to my island where everyone is people of color and stuff that even if you have like this tiny rivalry or mm, I don't like her, she's like this and like that. Yes. In the end, you're all from the African diaspora or you're Afro-German or you're German-German. Actually, mm. you can be black and be German-German. Yeah, you can. You know, like... and That's interesting that yeah, you say that. Yeah. Okay. I think so. And... Even though you have like all this tiny up and down, I think the community is having your back. Mm-hmm. Because I can see like if someone someone you never know is having like some kind of, of racist attack in a restaurant, you have to see all the community ganging up to yes. destroy the reputation of someone mm-hmm. because they dare to have disrespect this person no 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 not in our watch like we're all together in that and this i really appreciate okay yeah so you have found your community yes, yes in berlin sure. yes. yes nice good to hear so on fashion africana podcast we always have two key questions mm-hmm. so the first one what does fashion mean to you Audrey, maybe okay. you can start first. I would say like fashion for me, it's not about having a lot of clothes. It's having a sense of style and being unique. And it doesn't have to be from Louis Vuitton. It doesn't have to be from this local designer that nobody heard of and you're so proud about it. It's just about to be yourself, be stylish in your own way and see a wind of change, uh, a cycle. Fashion is a cycle, and whether you're part of it or out of it, you're always part of it. So it's really sweet for me. <laughs> Fashion is my life. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And what about you, Cecile? So about me, I was not into fashion, but as a French person, it's fashion was always part of our life because of Chanel and Dior and blah 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 and all those fashion identity, all the fashion stylists, and I learned that. Fashion is all about identity. How do you shine? How do you show your personality with your clothes? And for me, I did understand that maybe 
five years before and I was okay I can shine I can show my personality through fashion and I think this is really powerful like to 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 how would you say that like to to express yourself through your clothes it's like, okay so she's wearing yellow she's like you can shine with your clothes and I think this is amazing what what other field you can do that no it's just fashion allows you like to to shine Yeah, at the first glance, people, they don't see your voice, they don't know your personality, they see the way you dress. It's a bit shallow to say so, but I think it, it shows a bit of what you are. Yeah. And you can shine, shine, shine. Of course, we're a lot about shining, but also you can be really invisible and blend into society. Mm. And fashion is that, is having the power of showing who you are, but also like to, to be, to belong somewhere somehow. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And the second question is, how do you define your role in this movement, Cecile? So for me, fashion is really important because we all, I'm educating myself also, like all about the sustainability and all about um, how to consume responsibly. Like I was the first one as a teenager to go to H&M and to buy clothes and, and And then when you see that your t-shirt costs maybe 10 euros and after maybe two or three times you go to the washing machine and it's not the good quality anymore. Yeah. And, and I was like compulsively buying, buying, buying. And then I see, okay, this is not good. Um, and about protecting the environment. And this is like, yes, we, the Earth is dying. We have like to consume responsibly. And so my role is like, okay, now it's about sustainability. We are young enough to change things, to change the mind of people. It's our turn. So yeah, let's consume responsibly. Let's do sustainability clothes and let's do that. We can do that. It's time now. Yes. Okay. What about you, Audrey? So I would say... Yeah, also this way, I, I, I'm, I'm a disaster when it comes to consume clothes. But now it's something that I learn here. I'd rather spend a lot in one time and know who made my clothes, in what condition, who's the designer, what is the, the reason behind it, what is his inspiration does it talk to me also am i wearing something that is completely the opposite of who i am now i'm in the position where i can choose and now i'm in the position also where i can offer this to people like it's not like anonymous brands or whatever i'm giving you the story behind it and we have like so many designers that deserve to be known but okay they're on instagram okay they're on facebook but that's not enough you have also to show what you're doing, and if you're too shy, like as Paulette is open for you, just come, let's have a talk, and let's see, like this is what I want. I want people that don't have the occasion, that feels too little to go to something big. Okay, I'm not this giant, but I want to give a chance to people to show, and I want to give a chance to people who want to consume in a way that is responsible, because we will try the maximum not to have seasonal clothes. Mm -hmm. Why would yeah. you yeah. throw 
your yeah. jacket after six months for six months. No, we do something that is like good. seasonless. Yeah, seasonless that you can keep, that is bold enough to be a statement piece. Yeah, but with a story behind, with someone behind that is living out of it and in a really comfy position to. It's not just surviving out of his art, it's mm. actually making money. Because like we are too it's been too long that we're hidden in a box, that nobody wants to hear your story. And now I have a power to do so. And of course people will tell you like, no, you have to make money in the end. No, no, no. I don't want to be that people. Mm. I'd rather keep on eating those pasta mm. but have my 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 visions there. Like, yeah. okay, we're here, you're having your story. By us with like Aspolet is perfect, yeah. but no, 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 ten euros bullshit that you put in the washing yes. machine that disappears. No children in the factory. Yes, I think we like we. It's twenty twenty. We know it's. We know things yeah. happening. I, we cannot do. We cannot ignore it about Nike, about the Uyghur, about China doing these <laughs> clothes in Bangladesh. It's no. We cannot ignore it. It's happening on. It's happening here and now. So yeah. we have this role, we have this responsibility like to educate people. Stop being like that. It's happening. Like there is people dying in China with the Uyghur community is dying. People in Bangladesh who are working and dying and paying like less than, I don't know, maybe one euro per day. And we cannot say, okay, I didn't know it's not happening. We're all having a smartphone. We're all having TV. It's happening right here, right now. You cannot say that you're not aware of that. And it's our world to do that. Yeah. Educate people. We have to. Fantastic. <laughs> this is what I love to hear. And this is so good that you're absolutely up for this because it's all about, yeah, education. It's about knowledge transfer. Mm -hmm. And it's about really being conscious, aware of what we're doing. And it's also important where we're seeking our information from and um, news where is it coming from you know to double check to do research exactly. to find out you know so I'm looking forward to the store I'm looking forward to receive my invitation of course yes, you will <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the first <laughs> <laughs> and Fashion Africa Now podcast will be right there so it was just a pleasure talking to you, you and yeah you. it was amazing <laughs> out there it's a pity that you're not seeing this pretty faces <laughs> this young business lady you know <laughs> doing their thing so once you're in berlin um you should check them out so once more tell us where can we find you okay so we're like as bullet and you will find us in Prenzlauerberg. great fantastic looking out for that you are listening to Fashion Africana Podcast. I was speaking today with Cecile and Audrey. It was a pleasure. It was yeah. a pleasure. Au Thank you. Au revoir. <laughs> You're listening to Fashion Africana Podcast. We humbly ask you to respect our intellectual property. We want to leave you inspired, informed, educated, Connected. This is who we are. Fashion Africana Podcast. Get in touch with us on fashionafricanow.com. <laughs>